Hello and welcome to the Cult of Pop. My name is Brian Stevens and with me is... Travis Mickelay. Travis, yeah, you kind of uh, you kind of look like a UFC fighter. Yeah, it's my busted up nose, my uh, <laughs> cauliflower ears, my hunched back. Oh, oh, I, I thought you meant like retired UFC fighter. No, okay. no, I, you just, I, you just, you're built like strong, and I just people are gonna think I have a crush on you because the last two episodes I've talked about your physique and uh, um, basically what I'm saying is, can you put me in a triangle? I mean, later, I okay, guess. Yeah, but like not like Nate Diaz body, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's not an Adonis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you haven't noticed already, this episode, we are going to be talking about nothing but UFC 244 coming live from Madison Square Garden, November 2nd, New York, New York. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, the BMF, BMF title is on the line, Travis. We're going to break down the main card, just the main card. We're going to talk a little bit about each fight. Um, and that's it. That's all this show's about. Um. If you like the UFC, stay tuned. If you don't, uh, catch you on the flip side. Yeah. So yeah, catch you on the flip side. There you go. I love it. Uh, send us your emails, callapop at gmail.com. Check out callapop.com. Uh, Drew Mascarelli got a fresh article on there. Check it out. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it for plugs. Let's just hop into Let's do this, man. the show. So we're gonna start off with the first the 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 curtain jerker, as they like to say. Kevin Lee versus Gregor Gillespie. Can I give you some backstory on Gregor Gillespie real fast? Let's do this. He's man. not a well-known fighter. I mean, have you have you followed him? I mean, most people don't know him. He's not well known, but being thirteen and zero, you think you think he would be. Yeah, yeah, and I think the problem is is he's a grappler. He wrestles a lot. Yeah, he's got most of his wins by submission or decision. But also, I don't know if you know this, he is a professional fisherman. Ooh. Yes, he has his own YouTube channel where he angles and does fishing. Uh, so he's famous for, after his fight, saying, you know, Joe, it's a great win in the fight. Now I'm uh, just looking to go cast my line. So uh, most recently he did uh, beat yeah, Ansi Medeiros by TKO. But if you look at it, it's mostly ground and pound submissions. Um, Kevin Lee is a huge step up in competition, Travis. Kevin Lee, you know, had a run and went 155, you know, faced Tony Ferguson for the interim belt the with, for the hoping to fight Khabib. We're still waiting on that, that Tony Ferguson Khabib fight, but lost that and then came back and, um, fought Edison Barbosa, beat Edson Barbosa and then turned around and fought raging Al Iaquinta and lost a very close decision, but you know, Look, kind of got worked at the end of that fight, five yeah. round fight, and then fought Rafael Dos Anjos. And Dos Anjos, that fight was at 170. He tried to make the move up, and and he got arm triangled. It looked pretty pretty bad in that fight actually. So he's coming in. He's facing a, another wrestler, Greg Gillespie. Your thoughts? Uh, Kevin Lee's more of a rounded fighter. He definitely splits it between standing up and taking it to the ground. Is that going to be a problem for uh, Gillespie? who definitely likes it on the ground. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be an amazing fight. Both these guys are awesome. Both these guys win a lot more than they lose. Yeah. So we're in for a good treat. I think this, this will be a good uh, gauge of how good Gillespie is because a lot of people are, say that his grappling is just as good as Khabib's, and he just hasn't got the opportunity to show it. 
because like you mentioned, you know, he's 13 and 0, but he hasn't fought a lot of yeah. of well-known fighters. And, you know, so if he if he let's say he steamrolls Kevin Lee, now all of a sudden he shoots up the rankings and um will be probably in line another fight and he gets a shot at at Khabib, hopefully. Um on the other side of that, Kevin Lee, I think a lot of people think he should win this fight. If he doesn't, he's lost three in a row. He's in some trouble, man. Yeah, if you if you lose too many in a row, the UFC just cuts you. Yeah. Bellator might be calling. Yeah, I mean, these guys are basically both in top ten in their division, so they're definitely good fighters. Uh, it's a stacked division as it is. So this is gonna be a great fight. Um next up is a heavyweight slobber knocker. Uh I would say no one, including me, knows a lot about Blagoy Ivanov. So I'm pulling up his wiki page right now. But uh, we've all heard and we all follow Derek Lewis. Probably one of the best Instagram follows uh, there is. Derek Black Beast Lewis. Um, my balls is sweaty my Lewis. <laughs> balls is sweaty Lewis. So uh, Bl- Bl- Blagoy Ivanov. Um, I'm guessing I'm saying that right. Um, last three fights, he lost to Junior Dos Santos by decision, beat Ben Rothwell, and beat Taya Tuovasa. This guy goes to the decision a lot, Travis. Um, yeah, I mean, the the heavyweight division is not as stacked as other divisions. I mean, this guy's a top eight fighter, but I'd never really heard of him. He doesn't, he's not really pronounced. He had 17 wins, two losses. Most of those, I'm assuming, are not in the UFC as wins. Um, Derek Lewis is going to put on a show. Hopefully he does not get gassed out. This guy does not have a very good tank. No, no. If it goes the distance, it's not. It's not going to be him. Well, here's the thing: is his fights don't normally go the distance. The only fight that I'm looking at his last like 20 fights, the only one to go the distance was the Francis Ngannou fight. If you remember, they just literally danced around the cage for three rounds. It was probably the worst fight in the history of the UFC. Everybody built it as like somebody's going to get knocked out, and it was literally the worst fight I've ever seen. Uh, because both guys were afraid to throw a punch. Um, but yeah. I mean, the striking def- definitely goes to Derek. If he can take him out in the first few rounds, I mean, the dude's got, I'm looking at the stats right now, a six-inch reach advantage. And that's, I mean. That's big in the heavyweight. That's, that's pretty big. If he can keep the distance and he can take him out in the first two rounds, hopefully the first round, it'll be his show. But Ivanov's a wrestler, man. I mean, he's going to try to take you down. And they're both heavyweights, so he'll just lay on you, and your inner energy is going to be sucked away. Yeah. So you're saying if Lewis doesn't get a knockout in the first round, it, this is probably going to be Ivanov's yeah. fight. Not only that, but Lewis has got to stand on his feet. This guy, yeah. yeah, Ivanov is a great wrestler compared to Lewis. His takedowns are a lot better. His grappling's a lot better. Uh, Derek Lewis's takedown defense is not the greatest <laughs> yeah, either. right. So we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, we should say, though, when he touches you, Lights go out. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this guy wins fights sometimes by lucky punches. I'm That's not true. Gonna, yeah. But a win's a win, and no one wants to lose by knockout. <laughs> he's going to take him, right? Yeah. yeah he's going to he's gonna throw some bombs. It's going to be fun to watch. It's definitely the first round. I feel like this heavyweight fight uh, is either going to be super entertaining or super boring. That's, I mean, you could say that about every fight, but this one, I really mean it. Somebody's going to get knocked out, or he's going to be on his back, and they're going to roll around for... 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, I mean, it sounds like the way I feel about it. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting if it lasts one round. If it doesn't last one round, it's probably going to be a boring fight. This card has so much name recognition on it, Travis. Like, so we've already talked about 
Kevin Lee, who has been in main events. He's fought for titles against uh, lesser known Gregor Gillespie, Black Beast Lewis. Same thing, main events, highlight fights. Yeah, almost getting title shots on the verge there. And then the next fight that we're 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 three fights in. We've got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Vicente Luque. Wonderboy, former you know title contender, two time uh, world karate champion. This guy is an athlete and a half to say the least. Um, he's fought headliner Jorge Masvidal. He beat Jorge Masvidal. Uh, great fight. Uh, Darren Till, who's one step above him. He lost to him. He got knocked out by, by Darren Till and he got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. Um, and then of course we know he lost a uh, majority decision to Tyron Woodley before drawing with Woodley. Uh, he, he's got a fighter in Vicente Luque who's coming off kind of a hot streak, but this is a big step up in competition for Luque. Uh, I want to see. I think Luque's got like a seven fight win streak going here. One, two, three, four, five, six fight win streak. But here's the fighters that he's beat. You ready? Let's Nico, hear it. Nico Price, Chad Laprise, Jalen Turner, Brian Barberina, Derek Krantz, Mike Perry. Mike Perry is the only one of those fighters that I feel like has any kind of pedigree at all. So going from Mike Perry, no offense, Mike Perry, your awesome striker, to Wonderboy Thompson, yeah, that's a leap. That's a leap in competition. So are you saying this is a give me for Wonderboy? Is Wonderboy like, hey, I just need to win underneath my underneath my belt. The FC just wants to stack this card by the end of the year because it's it's a number nine ranking against a number fourteen ranking. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? It doesn't kind of feel like Wonderboy needs to get a win under his belt. And he's lost two in a row. Luke doesn't, you know, on paper, this guy's won six fights in a row. Looks like, okay, we got an up-and-comer versus a veteran. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Wonderboy should win this fight. Yeah, it sounds like the UFC's like, look, you have name recognition. We want to keep you around. We're going to give you a give-me fight. But this is the UFC. Anything can happen. That's true. It's fighting. Yeah. Uh, Luke is not gonna roll. He's not going in there to get get steamrolled. He wants yeah. a shot at the title, just like every other fighter. And he wants to, you know, if he can beat Wonder Boy, that's a he's got a seven fight win streak with a win over Wonder Boy. You know, all of a sudden he's at the probably the top of the list. Um, I think this has a chance to be one of the better fights in the card. Obviously, the main event is going to be something else, and the co-main event is awesome too. But Luke is not easy to stop. And Wonder Boy can crack. He can hit hard. And, uh, well, Wonder Boy either knocks you out or takes it to a decision. <laughs> that's pretty much it. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, those that's are, it. that's it, man. Um, are you a fan of Wonder Boy? What do you think of Wonder Boy style, the karate style? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the karate style, but it's effective. I mean, everyone's been pulling in moves that I thought were just made up <laughs> yeah, you know, right. years ago. Yeah. And this guy is a hell of an athlete. The UFCs bring in more and more, not just good fighters, but athletic people. Yeah. And this Olympians. guy's a beast. Yeah. World champions and, yes. and, and, and other things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. He is a beast. And I, I think Wonder Boy's entertaining. The problem I have with the karate style, and I've kind of always had a problem with it, is if the other fighter doesn't engage it kind of makes for a boring fight. Yeah. Because there's a lot of counter-striking and a lot of in and out. So think back to the second Tyron Woodley fight where Tyron Woodley's a counter-puncher. Steven Thompson's a counter-puncher. So they're literally just dancing around the cage for long periods of time. It can be really boring watching him fight. You know, that's why 
when he fought Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis comes forward, took a yeah. lot of damage in that fight. Like looked like he was going to get beat, and then all of a sudden, boom! Superman punch off the cage, and Wonder Boy's on the ground. Yeah, well, that's why I like fighters like uh, Crow Cobb uh, and the Carpenter man. I mean, Guida. They just they just walk towards you. There's no flash. There's no pizzazz. It's I'm going to mow you down. Mm-hmm. You know, one hit, one strike at a time, and it's just moving forward. They're basically the slashers of MMA. Yeah. Um, when it comes to karate style, you 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 can't do that. You know, you have to do these flashy moves or these you know bigger moves, I guess you'd say. But you can't just walk in and attack. Yeah, it's it's a completely different style. Completely it's different. Darting tactic. in and out. Like, yeah, and it seems very much a rhythm too. Um, yeah. And, but the other thing too is that like you've seen with a fighter like Loyola Machida, when their athleticism goes and their quickness goes, they have trouble winning fights. Oh yeah. And so uh, Wonder Boy is not a spring chicken. I mean, he's 35, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you have to adapt and uh, and su- to survive in the cage. We'll see. Anything else you want to say about that fight before we move to the co-main? Uh, hopefully, it stays on their feet and they knocked and someone gets knocked out. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, one of my wife's favorite fighters and one of my all-time favorite fighters, Kelvin Gaslam, fighting Darren Till. So Darren Till is moving up in weight to fight Kelvin Gaslam. Till recently lost to uh, headliner Jorge Masvidal. Vicious punch, vicious knockout. He was a huge favorite in that fight. A lot of people thought he would run through Masvidal. Um and Till's the one that ended up on his back, knocked out. Uh, the problem, I think, with Till, a lot of people said, was he was cutting too much weight. He's a huge, massive... Uh, he was, you know, as a 170 he was huge and massive. Um, now he's more more in line at 185. Doesn't have to cut as much weight. On the flip side of that, though, Travis, Kelvin Gaslam wants to fight at 170, but Dana White uh, wouldn't let him because he missed weight twice. Yeah. And he's a smaller 185. He really probably should be at 170. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean anything. This guy took Israel Adesanya to the bell. The guy who just knocked out the champ. The guy who has the belt, 185. Kelvin Gaslam is a monster. One of the best fights I've ever seen was him versus Israel Adesanya. But Darren Till's got a lot of power in his hands. He's a different striker than uh, Adesanya. Darren Till's a kickboxer as well. Got a lot of lot of lot of range too. But he's a Muay Thai kick. A kickboxer, which is yeah. a little bit different than Adesanya. Um, man, I don't know which way this fight's going to go, to be honest with you. Um, Gaslam's ranked number four. Darren Till's ranked number ten. If that says anything about the ranking system, uh, Darren Till definitely has the reach advantage, has the height advantage, probably going to have the weight advantage, too. Um, I mean, both these guys like to knock each other out. I mean, they both have, you know... Wins by knockouts around 50%, a little bit towards Darren Till. Submissions a little bit more towards uh, Gaslam. Uh, they don't like to take it to decision. So this should be a good fight. I hope, Hopefully it stands up. I, I definitely like when, when strikers strike. Uh, taking it to the ground is definitely going to be Gaslam's advantage. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really good wrestler. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he had a trouble getting Adesanya to the ground. Um. So I don't know. I honestly I think if if I was to put money, I would say Gaslam tries to take it to the ground. He's a tenth planet jujitsu Eddie Bravo acolyte. 
Yeah. Um, and if I think, you know, he's a black belt in 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. So if he's smart, I would still, when you say he's going to take it to the ground and try to submit Darren Till, I mean, that, I think that's his path to victory. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely his path to victory. I don't know if he's going to take it. A lot of UFC fighters, when yeah. they get hit, they want to stand up and start striking. And when your pedigree's, you know, the ground, sometimes you got to take them into your water, man. You can't, yeah. you can't be dragged down to their sea. Hopefully he takes it that way. He only likes to submit guys 25% of the time. So if he plays that game, I think he has a distinct advantage. Take this guy down. Don't stand up. With Till, Till's got the reach. Till's got you know the stand-up game, but at the end of the day, I think uh, Kevin's going to pull it off. Uh, Gaslam's going to take it, take it to victory, uh, one way or another. I think. You think? You think it doesn't? I, I think he's going to try to. I think it'll. I'm saying you're naked choke second round. I think there's going to be a filling out in the first round. Yeah. Uh, he's going to see. He's going to try to fill Till's strike, seeing how hard he hits at mm-hmm. you know, 185. And I don't think he's going to like it. And I think yeah. in the second round, he's going to use his wrestling. Because, honestly, Till is a terrible wrestler. We saw Tyron Woodley take him down like it was he was taking down me or you. <laughs> like, he literally yeah. just took him down easy and then choked him out. So I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Gaslam's probably going to feel him out. He's going to see if he can't stand up with him. He's going to realize he shouldn't or maybe can't and take him to the ground and finish him if he doesn't get knocked out first. Yeah, that's the thing is Gaslam does like to take punches. He got hit a bunch by Israel Adesanya, and he's got a chin. That's fine, but... Well, sooner or later, your chin goes away. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We saw that with Robert Whitaker, man. He took way too many hits to the head. Um, anything else you want to say about the co-main event before we move on to the, the big daddy of them all? Uh, nothing, man. Nothing uh, overshadowed as the big daddy of them all. So, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about the background of this fight um there's been a lot of stuff on the internet lots of things have happened over the last couple weeks um i don't want to focus too much on the negative stuff but you know nate diaz recently tested positive he uh, tested hot for i I believe it it was austerine yeah, uh, pico was it? How many picograms of osteen? It was really low amount. Um, so it's a it's a SARM. It's a selective antigen receptor molecule. Um, it's a new type of. It's not a steroid, but it's a type of steroid. It helps you build muscle. the The problem is it was in picograms. So the amount in his system that Usada even agreed to was one ten thousandth of a dose in his system. Man, you can you can walk into a room and breathe in one ten thousandth of something, <laughs> right? You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, there's cocaine on your dollar bill, and I'm sure it'd show up in USADA as well. But Nate Diaz said bullshit to that. He said the fight's off unless you clear me. Yeah, he said I didn't do steroids, and he here's the thing: is this guy's a vegan? He only buys lab tested uh, uh, supplements from Whole Foods. Yeah, um, and that's apparently where this came from. Was one of the Whole Foods uh, multivitamins that he had. They tested it and it did test positive. His whole thing is he doesn't believe it's true. He thinks that the USADA made it up. He, he trusts Whole Foods more than he trusts USADA is basically what he said. Well, and I kind of get where he's coming from because he's he's always been a preach preacher about steroids in fighting and that he's against steroids. And I don't even know if this guy even takes supplements. You look at the guy, he does not look like a steroid user. He does not look like he hits the gym. Yeah, this was a vitamin. This wasn't a supplement yeah. even. So... Going that route, I see where he's coming from because there's been fighters that have tested positive by USADA that still fight. 
Oh, for, yeah. That, and then later they're found to be hot, found to be conclusive, and then they get their whatever stripped away or a little bit of the purse taken away. And they were going to do that for him. He said, no, I'm not going to go in with that clout. I'm not going to go in fighting when so many people abuse the system, take steroids, fight, and then, you know, get, get a slap on the wrist afterwards. He told him no. And he put them on notice. And then USADA and the UFC turn around within like three days and clear them. There are fighters right now in, in lawsuits with the UFC and USADA for the same shit. Yeah. I mean... There, there are fighters that have lost their belts, and they're and they're claiming the same thing. Hey, it wasn't me. I got some tainted supplement, and this is fourteen months later, after they get a year suspension, they lose that money, they lose, they lose the work, and he gets it turned around in three days. I mean, nothing against Nate Diaz, but that shows you like what where the UFC priorities are and where's Usada's priorities lie. Yeah, uh, most famously, just to piggyback on that, Josh Barnett, heavyweight. Um, Spent 13 months in litigation, uh, ended up going to an arbitrator who ruled in his favor and was, you know, the problem was the, he spent all this time unable to fight, unable yeah. to make a paycheck. So yeah. And lawyers fees add up, man. Yeah. I mean, you, here's, here's my biggest thing. And this guy turned around in three days. Yeah. You, they have the technology. They know when this stuff happens, they know how to fix it. That's why when somebody does test hot and it's a hundred percent like TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. He didn't deny it because it was 100% true. If you deny it the way that Nate Diaz denied it, guess what? It's probably not true. You probably weren't taking something. It probably was something hot. Or probably wasn't something. Um, there was probably something in something that you were taking. Yeah. You weren't cheating. You know, I, I want to see more transparency, though. That's the thing. Is like these other major sports have clear transparency when somebody does something wrong there's a process but you can so travis if you're a baseball player football player basketball player and you test positive for a drug you can appeal it and you can get your suspension either either revoked or altogether thrown away or saying hey yeah you're right that doesn't happen because the way the fight game is the fight they test you i could find out the fight's off next week there there needs to be some kind of time frame where they have a chance to say i didn't do this let's get this retested um and not have to use their own money to do that yeah. and to fight this arbitrations but it, regardless let's talk about the fight i just wanted to throw that out there sorry you have one more thing to say. yeah one more thing they have uh revised the rules um so about 200 people have been been popped in the ufc half of them have been overturned by saying yeah it's a tainted supplement so this is going on it's a known problem apparently they're working with the ufc Saying, hey, if you have picograms or picograms, maybe we'll just overlook it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they have the system, but the NFL has a system where you send your supplements in, they test them uh, before you take them. The problem is that costs a lot of money, and there's no union to pay for it. So the UFC would have to pay for it, and I don't think the UFC is willing to pay for it. Yeah, USADA has a list of uh, preferred supplements, brands, and uh, companies. Yeah. But... Even if you buy that and you test positive, you're you're screwed. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, this is just like, hey, we've tested this batch at this point in time. Yeah. Your batch may still be tainted. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the fight. So after Nate Diaz uh, handily defeated Anthony Pettis, he proclaimed himself as the baddest motherfucker in the game. And he said, there's one other bad motherfucker in the game. He wants to fight him. He said that he was a gangster, but he wasn't no West Coast gangster. That's Jorge Masvidal. Uh, and the best thing about this was 
Jorge Masvidal is in the crowd watching the fight, and he's like, it's, it, it's like he's getting caught on kiss cam. He's like, his face is like, oh, he's calling me out. What? This is awesome. When Nate called him out, he didn't even know he was in the crowd. No, he didn't because know was he was there. Planned or yeah. anything. Uh, Nate has so much pull. He moves the needle so much yeah. that they created a belt for him. Now, this is the baddest motherfucker belt. The only problem with that is the ESPN's just going to say BMF. BMF, yeah. Um, it's not it's not a quote-unquote real belt. It's not going to go on afterwards. But the UFC spent $50,000, which is more than what it pays most fighters to fight. Yeah, let's be clear. That's a, yeah, right. To make a belt to hand off to one of these two guys. And that's that's saying something. If you win this fight, you are the one and only baddest motherfucker of the UFC. There will never be one after you. Well, probably will if there's enough money in Yeah, it. right. But... You'll, you'll be the one and only baddest motherfucker in the UFC. Yeah, and uh, Jorge Masvidal jumped on this opportunity because this is a guy who got to start in backyard brawls. He was on Kimbo Slice's fight tapes. He was really close to Kimbo Slice. and um, Well, he's one of the few guys that has a longer career than Nate Diaz that still fights today. Yeah, this guy's been around for a long time. He's fought everybody there is to fight, pretty much, uh, except for he's never crossed paths with the Diaz brother. Um, and... You know, I think that Nate and him have a mutual respect. They never had any beef. And I think that, you know what, like, I, this is this makes me a little bit, getting a little weepy over here. I think Nate recognizes Jorge and says, this dude deserves a payday. This dude deserves to be in the ring with me. We're going to have a good fight. I'm going to give him a call out. And that's what he did. And this is a huge opportunity for Jorge Masvidal. We've seen this guy work his way up the ranks. He's been an underdog in almost every fight he's been in. People underestimate his his skill, his potential. And now um, he's coming in as a slight underdog again in this fight. Um, but at the end of the day, I have no doubt this fight is going to be amazing. Yeah, uh, this is definitely 100, 100% respect for Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is calling out another fighter, not because he has beef with them, because he respects his fighting game so much. He said, you're one of the baddest motherfuckers. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers. Let's settle this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nate doesn't need the money. He could, he could care less. He just wants to fight the best people on the planet right now. And he honestly believes George Masvidal is that person. Yeah. And he, he said that too. He said, you know, like I, he's like, I don't care about these fake belts as he calls them. He, he's like, and he doesn't want him and Masvidal both have like a disdain for wrestlers. You know, he calls them nut huggers. Masvidal calls them uh, crotch sniffers, uh, cup smellers, like things like that. And it's not that they want to stand up and bang because it's not all about that. They're both really good on the ground. They both oh, have yeah. black belts in jujitsu. It's they want to fight. They don't want to get held down and wrestled around. So they want to bang. And, you know, once they tag you, they're going down and they're going to choke you. That's the way that mixed martial arts goes in their minds. Um, so Travis, like I said, Nate Diaz is a slight favorite in this fight. Um, t- typically, though, both these guys have been underdogs in the majority of their fights. Nate was the underdog against Pettis, and he worked him. You know, Masvidal was the underdog against Till. He was the underdog uh, in most of his fights that he's won. Yeah, Ben Askren, total underdog. Yeah, underdog against Ben Askren. So we've seen these guys come from behind. It's close to being even, but Jorge's a slight underdog. Who do you favor in this fight? How do you see it going? Uh, I think Jorge has better skills as a striker, but I think Nate Diaz is a better striker. So Jorge has more moves, more technique, more arsenal in his game, more tools in his toolbox than Nate. 
but the tools that Nate brings to the game work. And he takes shots and he just walks through people. I don't know how he does it, but he'll just take a hit and it will not affect him. Uh, just looking at him, he does not look like a fighter. He just looks like some guy that, I don't know, just he looks kind of, kind of skinny fat. Yeah. But he's a killer. He is a straight killer. And if Jorge cannot knock him out, and I don't think he can, you know, unless it's a flying knee, within like the first two rounds, Nate's just going to drag him out to deep water and Jorge's going to sink. I, You know, the weapon that Nate Diaz, probably his best weapon, his most prolific weapon is his cardio. Oh, yeah. You know, his cardio is unmatched in the UFC. Nobody throws as many strikes as a Diaz. Well, when's the last time you see him knock someone out? He only throws 60-70%, but he doesn't stop. Yeah, 9 times out of 10 what he does is he like go back to the Connor fight. He works you until you get tired and then he takes it to the ground and he chokes you out. Most of his fights are finished by submissions. Yeah. Um he he you know, he doesn't you know, I think he had a standing TKO against Gray Maynard um where he just was beating the shit out of Gray Maynard and Gray Maynard finally the ref stopped it and Gray Maynard looked at uh, I think it was Herb. Herb Dean was like, "Well, I'm fine." Then took two steps forward and falls flat on his face. I mean, that's what the Diaz brothers do. They they land so many punches till you're like kind of concussed, and you then you start yeah. losing your equilibrium, and then they choke you out. Um, the thing about Jorge Masvidal is, I don't. I think it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know about his conditioning. He's never gassed in a fight. He throws a lot of punches. <sighs> now is this going to be? Three or five rounds? five round fight. Five rounds. Okay. If it goes the distance, I 100% think Nate Diaz is going to win. If it doesn't go the distance, I, I favor it slightly towards... Uh, Masvidal. Masvidal. But slightly. Um, Masvidal throws heavier hands, you know, and he's more of a, of a sprinter, you know? He's more of like, I got this energy, I'm going to unleash it quick. Nate Diaz is slow but tenacious, unstoppable. He's a slow-moving, killing machine. That even though he doesn't throw it 100%, he throws 70% nonstop moving forward. So I I think that, you know, the last time we saw Jorge Masvidal finished was May 1st, 2009. It was an inverted triangle by Toby Amata in Bellator 5. That was the last time he was finished. Um, I don't don't think he's going to get submitted. I don't think he's going to get finished. I think a decision by Nate is the most likely mm-hmm. scenario. I agree. I Now, Nate's been stopped before. Yes. Josh Thompson caught him with a head kick and stopped him. Uh, it was a TKO, and he disputed saying he wasn't out. But if you look at the majority of his losses, it's by decision. I mean, he doesn't get stopped. He he was arm barred way early in his career against Hermes Franca. I mean, I'm talking like 13 years ago. That's not going to happen in this fight. And I'm with you. I, I don't know who's going to win this fight. I really don't. I I if I had to put money on it, I would lean slightly toward Nate. But if you said Brian, your life depends on this fight. Pick one. It would be a flip of the coin. I'm just going to be honest with you. I love Nate Diaz. I love Jorge Masvidal. I don't know who's going to win this fight. I mean, Nate last fought in August. Yeah. I mean, that's two months ago. He did say that he felt like this was too quick of a turnaround, but he had to fight in New York is what he said. He said, I have to fight Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, because his boxing pedigree. You know, yeah. Madison Square Garden's where it's at. 
But this is this is telling me he didn't take any damage against Pettis, yeah. any any real damage, and he's not taking any time off. So most fighters have an eight week camp where they get in great condition. To me, this is means he's in a sixteen week camp. You know, as opposed to Masvidal, and I think Nate is going to out cardio him. He Nate was huffing it a little bit with Pettis, I think. He did say that he trained differently for that fight because he was only three rounds. But now that he has those picograms in him, I think <laughs> Nate Diaz is unstoppable. All right, so you're taking Nate. I'm okay. taking Nate. I think that I think that this is the card of the year, man. I mean, I'm even excited. though Nate's ranked seventh and Masvidal's ranked third in the UFC rankings, Nate Nate is the show. He's he's the fighter. Yeah. The only thing that sucks about this is. Nate doesn't care about titles, yeah, and he's gonna fight whoever he thinks is the biggest payday. Uh, he said he's got somebody in mind for the next fight. Um, well, I don't lose. think he's looking for the payday because I don't think George Masvidal is his greatest payday. Yeah, I mean you're you're, you're Cause, probably right because for me, like his greatest payday would be Connor again. Yeah, or try to get GSP out of retirement. Yeah, you know, or the number one rank, you know, and whatever weight division he wants to go to next. I think he just wants to fight the best fighters. And that makes it a great payday for both of them. Well, in a recent interview with Ariel Hawani, Hawani said, who's next? Is it Khabib? Are you going to go back down on 155, fight for the belt? He said he already beat Khabib. Uh, he talked about, so he went to a jiu-jitsu tournament. Khabib was there. He said that he felt threatened by Khabib. So he smacked Khabib in the face. And he said Khabib didn't do anything about it. Uh, and later apologized. So in his mind, he's already beat Khabib. He said, that fight's over. I already won. I already beat him. Um, he doesn't want to fight Kamaru Usman, the, the title holder of yeah. the welterweight title. He said because he's a crotch sniffer and he's just going to take him down. He's like, nobody wants to see that fight. He said he's got somebody in mind. Uh, I don't think it's Connor because Connor's got some some trouble with the law yeah. right now. Um, so we'll see. I don't know who he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about Justin Gaethje. That's a fight that I'm interested in seeing. Justin Gaethje's not as well-known of a name as everybody else, but I guarantee it'll be a hell of a fight. Yeah. Um, Connors also said he wanted to fight Justin Gaethje. We'll see, man. Um, it just sucks because I want to see Jorge get a shot at, at the title because uh, I definitely think he could he could beat Kamaru. Well, he's he's ranked number three. He deserves a shot at the title. I mean, you're ranked number three. Right. Regardless of what happens, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, then even if you lose to Nate Diaz... I don't think that should move him down in the rankings. I don't think Nate Diaz really should even be in the rankings. I agree because he Cause doesn't. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't just, care. Yeah. So like, you win or lose against Nate Diaz, I don't think it should move you up or down because he pulls himself out of the rankings. You yeah, know? he does. If he do, if he doesn't want to fight for three years, he's not going to fight for three years. Right. Yeah. Right. It's true. It's true. He said he, he said he didn't fight for three years because there was nobody to fight until Jorge came up, and we'll see. You know, uh, and then he got the shot at Pettis. He said he always wanted to fight Pettis. They had beef, whatever. They got into a fight at a club or something. Um, but anyways, man, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Anything else you want to say about UFC 244? That's it for me, man. Watch it. Go see this. This is going to be one of the, If you've never watched a UFC card, this is the card to watch. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So uh, go to your B-dubs. Go to your bar. Bring it in your house. Watch this fight. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Catch you on the flip side. Drink the cooler.